Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. This morning, as we transition in worship, uh, it's an exciting day uh, in the life of our church and uh, for me personally, uh, because a great friend and mentor is here today to bring the word. So, Pastor Roger, you go ahead and start working your way this way. Uh, Pastor Roger has served on staff at the Harrisonburg campus for uh, a lot of years, we'll just say, a good number, uh, but is retired now and uh, figuring out uh, what that looks like. And so... Uh, I have a, a picture of Pastor Roger and Vicki uh, standing somewhere right back here before all this portable church stuff was here, before it was chairs and a stage. Uh, they had come down to just see what God was doing because Pastor Roger and his precious bride, Vicki, uh, were part of the generations of the faithful ones who have gone before us. And so we are here today in part because of their faithfulness and obedience. And uh, Roger's a dear personal friend. We get into some good stuff together. And uh, I'm going to be like him when I grow up, I hope. At least that's my goal. So come on, get up here. Let's get going. So Lord, uh, I thank you for Pastor Roger. I thank you for his precious bride, Vicki, today. And just ask that your hand would be upon her uh, meeting the needs that she has brought before you, God. Uh, Lord, as we are gathered here today, uh, give Roger your voice. Give us open and receptive hearts to the word you have implanted on his heart. And uh, we love you, Lord. And we love Pastor Roger and Vicki. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I told the first service, if he wants to be like me, then that means someday he'll be old, decrepit, and be wearing hearing aids as well. <laughs> I can remember being here once before you saw my wife and I, and that was when Tim and I and uh, Eddie and there was someone else was putting the track down and the petition for the walls. So uh, that was before there were walls uh, back there. But um, Well, we're going to start out with a very encouraging scripture passage I believe it's on the screen it's found in 1st Peter 2 9 but you are a chosen 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 people a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light it's a good verse to start out 2023 isn't it why am I here? A good question. There's a picture on the screen. This is why I'm here. This tree, this picture, uh, Pastor Jared sent that to me in October. And he said, I was fishing. I took this picture and he said, I wondered what uh, topic Pastor Roger would preach on based on this tree. And um, I quickly responded, tenacity. And then he said, can you preach in January? And so be careful if Pastor Jared sends you a picture and asks you a question about it. Don't answer it. Uh, just, and I was going to do that. I was going to preach on either storms in life 
uh, or uh, when the faithful forget, but that's for another time, Pastor Jared. Uh, Holy Spirit back in November said, no, that's not where you're going. Here's where I want you. And after hearing the first two messages from Pastor Adrian, and I'm sure from Pastor Jared this year, uh, this message, you'll understand why this is a message I'm sharing, and it meshes well. It, it dovetails well with uh, the focus of the nation statement of the church and where you find yourself right now. But um, can you believe how cold Christmas was? My wife never misses Christmas Eve service, and she missed this year. She wasn't leaving the house. She deals with Parkinson's, and cold weather's really difficult for her. And uh, she wasn't leaving the house. I mean, it was freezing. It was frozen. Uh, and there'll be some more cold days like that. Um, but that leads me to this question. Does frozen describe your spiritual walk in 2023? Are you frozen? You see, many things can freeze us. Poor health, upcoming surgeries, loss of loved ones, finances, world situations, and um, emotions, uh, chemical imbalances. A lot of things can affect whether we're frozen or not. But the beginning of the new year is an opportunity to reflect and to set our course for the new year, but more importantly, to find out what the Lord's course is for us this new year, 2023. So I have a question for you. The title of the message is a question, and we'll have some class participation throughout the message, and you're to respond when I ask you, and so are you, then you'll say, are you frozen or chosen? That's today's message. It's a question. Are you frozen or are you chosen? We know that we're chosen according to the scripture that we read at the beginning. Are you frozen or chosen? And I want you to know today that if you're frozen, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. And to help us to understand this concept, we're going to have to talk about a topic that a lot of pastors aren't talking about. In fact, you rarely hear it at the pulpit, and it's on the word authority. Authority. And... Um, Jesus had some words to say about authority. He said in Matthew 9, 6, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I often use that at bedside when you don't know what else to pray. Because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. That means authority over cancer. It means authority over Parkinson's. It means authority over everything in heaven and on earth. He is the victor. John 14 is a picture of delegation of that authority to us. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Can you imagine He's saying that if you're a believer, you can do greater things than even I have done. A delegation. Well, we live in a world where, well, those may be the words of Jesus, but people don't really want to accept what authority is until they hear it from the earthly authority, and that's Merriam-Webster's dictionary. So we're going to define authority. Authority is defined in two ways by Merriam-Webster. The first one is a uh, definition. It's a definition we really don't like as human beings. And the second definition is the ah definition that we as humans kind of embrace. The first is this. The power to give orders and to make decisions. 
the power or right to direct or control someone or something. Now you understand the uh, definition. We don't like to be controlled. Anybody ever worked for a supervisor that was controlling or told you what to do? Or, you know, that's why they're called supervisor. But um, it's still hard to be controlled. The second definition is the ah definition. The confident quality of someone who knows a lot about something or who's respected or obeyed by other people. Wow. Well, let me illustrate both definitions in one Silly story. A DEA officer stopped at a ranch in Texas and talked with an old rancher. He said to the rancher, I need to inspect your ranch for illegally grown drugs. The rancher said, okay, but don't go into that field over there. The DEA officer verbally exploded, saying, Mister, I have the authority of the federal government with me, reaching into the, his rear pants pocket, he removed his badge and promptly displayed it to the rancher. See this badge? This badge means I am allowed to go wherever I wish on any land. No question to ask or answer. Have I made myself clear? Do you understand? The rancher nodded politely, even apologized, and went about his chores. A short time later, the old rancher heard loud screams and saw the DEA officer running for his life, being chased by the rancher's big, mean bull. With every step, the bull was gaining ground on the officer, and it seemed like he would be gored before he reached the safety of the fence. The officer was clearly terrified. The rancher threw down his tools, ran over to the fence, and hollered at the top of his lungs, Show him your badge. <laughs> That's a pretty good way to define both definitions of authority. One with a badge, one with life experience and respect from others. That's not dictated, but it's given. Well, some of the things I want to share today, like I say, pastors don't talk a lot about, but I think it will help you in your secular world, and I think it will help you in ministry as well. It's things that I've witnessed, been exposed to, and at 67, yeah, I've probably seen a lot of these, most of them, in fact, all of them, uh, and so... These are just a few attributes of authority that I wrote down, and they're on the screen now. Authority. It can be assumed. It can be earned. It can be delegated. It can be received or rejected, and it can be revoked. Assumed. You've all seen it, probably, if you've been in the secular world for very long. When someone steps out of position, either to illness, they're gone for a while, or they take a lateral transfer to another location, and their position is open. I'm here to tell you that every position of authority will be filled. Every vacuum in authority will be filled. It will be. Just watch it. It's going to be filled. It's not going to remain vacant. It will typically, if it's a delay in filling that position, someone will assume that authority, and they just step in and start doing it. Sadly, that's often the person you don't want assuming the authority in that position. I want to go back and digress a little bit. That first definition is not a terrible definition because on the battlefront, the authority to give commands to direct people are critical. So don't confuse what I'm saying here. There are two different aspects of authority. Assuming authority, it can go really bad. 
Authority is important, even in ministry. And I'm telling you, especially in ministry, is it important. Jesus talked about it. You see, Pastor Jared serves under the authority of Pastor Adrian. And both of them serve under the authority of the Church of the Nazarene. And even this retired pastor still serves under the auspices of the Church of the Nazarene. In fact, Pastor Sam came up to me last week and he said, I need to talk to you. I thought, oh, okay. And he pulls out this card. He's on the credentials board. And he said, this is your 2023 credentials at the Church of the Nazarene. You're still in good standing. You're still a retired pastor. And I'm still credentialed in the Church of the Nazarene, even though I'm retired. Here's the thing. My credentials, Jared's credentials, and Pastor H's credentials can be taken away, revoked, if we're unfaithful to the word or the beliefs of the Church of the Nazarene. But this is not about the Church of the Nazarene. After five years, oh, oh, by the way, poor Jared. He isn't ordained yet, but he's working towards ordination. Soon to be there. I keep asking for the date. Um, you're going to give that to me before I leave today, right, Pastor? <laughs> it depends on the classwork. You see, he's got to meet annually with the credentials board. We call them the Sanhedrin. And, um, and he's also got to take two classes a year as he works towards ordination until he gets all the... 30-some classes taken, took me five years. Well, I can tell you, uh, there's coming a day where he and Ashley will walk in and there will be uh, the final review and there will be about 10 to 15 uh, people on the credentials board, pastors on the district, that will sit and ask questions to him and to the spouse, Ashley. They ask Vicky questions. And... Um, what happened, though, at the end is what I want to share, and it was the most humbling thing, one of the most shocking. I mean, it just jarred me. It was like, okay. And the district superintendent, Dr. Phil, said, Roger, we are recommending you for ordination at the district assembly. And then they all stood and applauded. That wasn't about me. It wasn't about Vicki. It was about authority being delegated. It had been earned. It was being delegated. And I could either receive it at the district assembly or reject it. <laughs> that is just an illustration. Everything I've said about the Church of the Nazarene, just remove it from your mind. It's an illustration about authority. And um, it's for everyone, everyone in this room. Pastor Jared, in fact, <laughs> it's for everyone, but back in... Uh, anybody read Oswald Chambers and their devotions this year? Anybody? Okay. It's, uh, a, if you haven't ever read it, it's time to start. Uh, you're only uh, 16 days behind, but you can catch up. Um, on the 14th of January, you can tell this has been around a while. On the 14th of January, I wrote this in 1998. God calls everyone, not just special people. Who do you think serves in ministry? Special people? He calls everyone, not just special people. Three years later, 2003, I called Pastor Jim to find out what the board had decided the night before, and he said the board voted to extend you a call to come to work at the church. 1998, 2003, God calls everyone, not just to special people. Do you believe that? That means this message is for you, everyone that's here. You're called, you're chosen, 
you're called. On the screen is a picture of a signet ring. You probably don't see that. They're kind of unheard of today. But a person had a ring that was unique to them. A king would have a ring unique to them. And they would often imprint a letter of correspondence uh, to someone. And because their ring was imprinted upon the wax, <laughs> they knew that it was from the one in authority. And I have a seal here. I bought it years ago. And I would send life group leaders at Boyer's Road. If you're a life group leader at Boyer Road, you probably got letters from me and it was sealed with wax on the back with an imprint of this seal. The seal just happens to be a dove, but it's not about this dove. It's about a different dove. And it was very strategic why I used that seal and why I sealed it to the life group leaders. Because I was delegating authority. Authority for me, but authority from him as well. The company I bought that seal from wrote this. Since time immemorial, the seal served as a stamp of indisputable authenticity. Just as the signature is accepted in the world today, the use of seals can be traced back to the Old Testament times. It was practice to destroy the seal of someone once they died. Why? Because when a person died, his authority is gone. And there's no need for the seal. And you don't need someone counterfeiting the seal of a deceased person. So I've already written the letter just to save time. And it's to the people at the uh, sound booth. Uh, and I told them that I sent them a letter to the first service, and they didn't open it. <laughs> they asked if I could open it. And I said, yes, you can open it. And I said, I'm going to send you another letter, and it's different, this letter. So we're melting the wax on the paper. I've got my seal. So I've written the letter, folded it, melting the wax. Do, 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 do. And for final jeopardy, we will place the seal on the wax, the hot wax. And I don't know if y'all are ever going to have an Easter musical, but there's a gentleman sitting back here that could play the part of Jesus really well. Did he leave? No, he's right here. Come up here. I need your help. Can you carry this to the sound booth? Would you carry this to someone at the sound booth for me and deliver that to them? Yep, there's your Jesus candidate, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you. What just happened there? Did I give him my authority? How many thinks I did? Raise your hand. Okay. I didn't give him my authority. Why? This is my authority, the seal. He was just a messenger. Now, if I gave him the seal and said, what's your first name? Eric, Eric thank you. <laughs> Carrying aids. Jared, you're going to be there. <laughs> Eric. Thank you, Eric. If I had given Eric the seal and said, Eric, you write the letter to the soundboard, you melt the wax, and you take it to him, would I have given him my authority then? Yes. Why? The seal is the authority. Whenever you read about the signet ring or the seal or the signet in scriptures from now on, you're going to read it differently. 
Because whenever you read about that, you're going to read authority, authority, authority. That's it. Scriptures are full of it, full of authority, references to authority, full of references to the signet. Oh, by the way, Eric, he could have said, uh, no, Roger, I don't want the seal. He could have rejected the authority I was trying to give him. He could have rejected it. But the scriptures are full. We go to Genesis 41 where Pharaoh says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger, and he dressed him in robes of fine linen. If there's time at the end, I'll probably go to a parable. But the Pharaoh took his signet ring and gave his full authority to Joseph to whatever Joseph said is as if it's coming from me. You have my full authority. And he put a robe on him. Remember that. He put a fine linen robe. We may come back to that. In the book of Daniel, King Darius puts Daniel in the lion's den. Not because he wanted to, but because he had made an edict, and he, it was his edict, and he couldn't remove it. So he puts him in the lion's den, and he seals the opening to the lion's den with his signet ring. No one can open that other than the king. He goes the next morning, opens the lion's den, and to his joy, Daniel's still alive. But that seal, his authority... Close that lion's den, even when he wasn't there, because no one had the authority to break open the seal. But now we're going to go to the third to the last book of the Old Testament. It's a book where probably no pastor in the state of Virginia is preaching out of this morning. It's a book, Haggai, H-A-G-G-A-I. Haggai chapter 2. You see, Haggai was a post-exilic prophet, one of three. It was Haggai and then Zechariah and Malachi. And these were prophets who spoke to those who had been exiled, but they had now returned back to Jerusalem after 70 years of exile. And the first person that led the exiles coming back was Zerubbabel. And um, he came back to build the altar and the temple. But people that came with him, they also had houses still there, or their ancestors did, and they wanted to fix up their houses. And Haggai's telling the people, don't fix up your houses. Help Zerubbabel build the altar and the temple first. And that's where we pick it up, Haggai chapter 2. And together we're going to bring Zerubbabel and the signet ring together, authority. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Chaphtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord. I'm going to, didn't share this in the first service, but there's a double meaning here. Haggai is saying, he is the one to build the altar and the temple. He comes in my authority. But also, if you go later today to the first chapter of Matthew, you will find out that Zerubbabel is in the lineage of Jesus. He is an ancestor of Jesus. This authority goes way beyond building the altar in the temple. It's a passing of authority down to Jesus. The message paraphrase says this. It says, the signet ring is the sign of my sovereign presence and authority. Presence and authority. Think of it. Zerubbabel had received the signet ring from God, and it was a sign of his presence and authority when God gives his signet ring it signifies his presence 
and his authority. One commentary said this, uh, hey guys, message to the people sought to get their priorities straight. Help them quit worrying and motivate them to rebuild the temple. Like them, we often place a higher priority on our personal comfort. Our personal comfort. Our personal comfort than on God's work and true worship. He is pleased when we give him first place in our lives. So the question in 2023 is, class participation, are you frozen or chosen? Are you frozen or chosen? In other words, like Zerubbabel, here's the real question. Do you have God's presence? And do you realize you have his authority? You have his authority. Well, the good news is that effective ministry doesn't come from our natural gifting. Hallelujah. Doesn't come from our natural gifting. In fact, when you start reading Oswald's devotional this year, you'll find that today's devotional says this. For today... I didn't read this until I got in the parking lot this morning, Jared. And so uh, this is last-minute inspiration into the message today. <laughs> January 16th. It's not based on our natural gifts. It says, Oswald wrote this, The call of God is not the echo of my nature. My affinities and personal temperament are not considered. As long as I consider my personal temperament, and think about what I'm fitted for, I will never hear the call of God. Beth told me that before first service, I'm excited to hear you, and I said, uh, well, okay, but this is not who I am. You see, I'd rather be on a deer stand than right here today. This is not my personal temperament. Jared can vouch for that. It's probably not his either. We go with the Lord's presence and authority. And in fact, if you serve in your natural gifts, I've watched it throughout ministry. This is a personal observation. People that step up and say, I'm going to start doing this and that, and the church is willing to just pile stuff, especially small churches, Jared. Be careful of this. Small churches just pile stuff on because there's not that many workers. It's, oh, you want that? How about this? You want to do this? You want it? Yep, 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 yep. And the, the spirit is willing, but they are not ready for that authority they're they're babe christians and they're serving in their own gifts and ministry will devour them i've watched it happen young couples and when you lose those folks this in arkansas where i say at that church and when you lose those young couples you typically never get them back don't serve in your natural gifts or you will get defeated by serving in ministry it's not your natural gifts hallelujah okay what is it then roger well on the screen is the scripture passage i've been wanting to get to all day this is the focus today it's ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 through 14 and you also were included in christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked in him with a seal. What is that? That's authority right there. You're reading authority. You were marked in him with a seal. And what gives us that authority? The promised Holy Spirit. 
It's not your natural gifts, it's the Holy Spirit. It allows a forester to preach, allows an electrician to pastor a church. You see, if you're trusting Jesus and you fully surrender to his will, then the Holy Spirit is a seal that you indeed are his signet ring. Wow. You are his chosen. And he's given the signet ring to you. He has taken his ring of authority and given it to every person in this room that has embraced him as Savior and fully surrendered and fully surrendered to his will. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in faith. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You're chosen if you're trusting in him. You go in his full authority. In fact, the scriptures say we are his ambassador. That's going in his full authority. When an ambassador goes to a foreign country, he goes in the full authority of the leader of that country that it sent him. Important role. Are you really living your life as if that's true right now? Are we frozen or chosen? And just a quick reminder, authority can be revoked. In the book of Esther, we are familiar with it, most of us. And King Xerxes gives his signet ring to Haman. And Haman writes an edict to kill, annihilate all the Jews. And not until Esther goes to King Xerxes and tells him the story is when King Xerxes then goes and he hangs Haman and takes his signet ring back. He revokes the authority. Have you ever seen it in the secular world? Have you ever seen it in ministry? Yes. He revokes. In fact, God can revoke. In Jeremiah 22, it says, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, even if you, Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would still pull you off. Authority can be revoked. And then this first month of the year, we're now going to go to the last book of the Bible, the Revelation. And the Lord, through John, uh, wrote these words to the church at Laodicea. You know the words, this I have against you, For being lukewarm, not hot nor cold. I've always struggled with that verse, and not until this week when I was processing the message, God put on my heart, this is why lukewarm is worse than being cold. Because if you're hot, the wax will accept the seal of the master's imprint. If you're cold, it will not accept the imprint of the seal. But if you're lukewarm, it will only accept a partial imprint of the master's seal. And that is what confuses an unbelieving world. Say, hey, Joe, he goes to church, he says. <laughs> he sings in the choir, he says. Uh, but boy, he's not living like he says. Why is that happening? Lukewarm, partial imprint, and it confuses 
an unbelieving world. I've never thought of it that way. An unbelieving world can't deal with a partial imprint of the king of kings. They need to see the entire imprint. And the only thing that will do that, go back to the previous slide, the only thing that will make that possible is the promise, Holy Spirit. The promise, Holy Spirit. Okay. How's the temperature of your wax? Is it hot? I pray it's not lukewarm. In fact, it would be better if it's totally cold this morning, as you said here, and you don't understand anything of God than to be lukewarm. I pray that it's hot, that the temperature of your hot is hot for the things of the Lord. How's the temperature of your wax? And now to that parable, the parable of the prodigal son. Uh, just quickly, the son said, you know, I'm done with being here at home with dad, and I want my inheritance. Daddy gives him his inheritance. He goes away. The son goes away, and, but one son remains, and the young son goes away and parties and squanders his inheritance and finds himself in a pig pen feeding pigs. And he says, you know, I'd have it better at home. I wonder if my father would take him back. <laughs> and he goes home, and the father sees him at a distance, and the scripture says he runs to him and embraces him. Anyone ever been a prodigal son? I have been. In fact, I don't know your story, but we're all prodigal sons. We all lived in a distant land. No relationship with the Father. Serving the Lord. Some may still be a prodigal son. But the Father runs to them and embraces him. And then what's he do? He puts a ring on his finger. It gives him a fine linen robe. Well, this is not theology. This is just, uh, um, well, just kind of pondering on Roger's part. Could it be, that the fact that it mentions that ring in a robe, could it be that ring was the signet ring of the father? And the father, to his wayward son, when he came home, took off his ring and said, you have my full authority. My full authority, son. And could it be, because they put the fine linen robe on him, just like Pharaoh did to Joseph, could it be that is the real reason the other son got so mad? He had stayed there and helped his dad all those years, and now the father has given his signet ring, his full authority, not to the oldest son, but to the youngest son. Could it be? Could it be? Just a thought. Yep, um, and some of you here are serving in ministry already. Uh, so my question to you is, are you the DEA agent or are you the farmer? How are you serving in authority in ministry? How are you serving? <laughs> Roger, I'm not gifted to serve. Yep, you're right. None of us are. Only through the promise of the Holy Spirit are we gifted to serve. Where do I begin? Well, um, I didn't tell a story yet, but I'll tell it. Jared and I would go out and eat at Subway about once a month. And um, <laughs> Jared was trying to figure out how to get plugged in and what to do. He had a call in his life, didn't know what to do. And 
Um, and I told him, I said, just keep mowing grass. Just keep mowing grass. I said, I started out mowing grass, delivering cookies the first time in Israel. Just keep mowing grass, and in God's timing, you will understand. So you might be asking, what can I do? Roger, what can I do? Well, you can serve here in your children's department, a greeter. Uh, you can mow grass, even though you all don't have grass to mow since you rent the building. But uh, ministry occurs not just here. As this church grows, it's going to take all hands on deck. And you need to be serving because you want to. He's given you his authority. But there's ministry out there in your workplace. And when the conversation around the table at lunchtime goes to things that aren't scriptural, uh, and you've been quiet, maybe it's time to start sharing uh, viewpoints from the Lord's perspective. Out of love, not condemnation, but out of love, we all are called to serve with his authority. Here's the sad thing, though. The other attribute of authority is it can be rejected. And that's my biggest fear for believers is that uh, they are rejecting the authority of Jesus Christ that's been given to them. And they don't want the signet ring. And they're rejecting the authority that has been given to them through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's scary. It's scary. Back to 1 Peter 2, 9. It's scriptures on the screen. But you are a chosen people. For what reason? That you may declare the praises of him. Now, often in my thought process, and somebody, well, I was saved in 1980. I'll tell them I was saved in 1980. Fully surrendered in 1986. Uh, but I was saved. I accepted Jesus in 1980. <laughs> and that is not a correct statement. This is a passage, John 15, 16. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I chose you. Can you believe that? I chose you uh, whatever you do. Whatever your occupation is. In fact, go back to the picture of the uh, donkey, if you would. I made a wooden desk for my wife for Christmas. And um, I had a plaque uh, engraved. I went to pick it up the week before Christmas and put it on the desk. And I was sitting there. I looked up on the wall waiting for this to be brought out. And this picture was hanging on the wall. And I took a picture of it because the Holy Spirit said, this is, you need to use this at the end of your message. And it is a scripture reference to the passage where Jesus sends his disciples into Jerusalem to get a donkey, to bring it out so he could ride into Jerusalem on that donkey. And it's entitled, Chosen Not Forsaken. Chosen. And <laughs> he said, tell the owner if he asks, the Lord has need of it. Well, that's what this whole message is about today. All called, fully surrendered believers have authority, and the Lord has need of you. And if he can use a donkey, he can use an electrician, or he can use a forester, trust me, he can use anyone. You didn't choose him. He chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. Fruit that will last.
Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.